Things gay people like. Things gay people like. Things gay people like. Things gay people like. And also things that people who don't identify as gay like. And I'm not saying all gay people like all these things because we all have our own interests. Hello and welcome to this very special episode of Things Gay People Like. My name is Kevin and this is my podcast. It's all about I'm sure you've listened to at least one episode if you're listening to an update episode. So I don't need to give you the spiel. Uh, but yeah, I just thought it would be a good idea because there have been quite a few developments on a number of the topics that have been covered previously on the podcast that I would do in between seasons that I would do this update episode. So five previous guests are returning to the podcast and the topics we're going to be talking about are in order Sugar Babes, Neighbours, ABBA, Eurovision and Kate Bush. So I'll have time codes in the description if you want to skip um, to one particular section. But I think all the chats were like fun and enlightening, even if you don't know that much about the topic itself. So yeah, I hope you enjoy. Uh, follow us at Gay People Pod on Twitter, on Instagram and TikTok. That's the new one. I've been TikToking um, various degrees of quality and success, but uh, I'm having a good time on there. So feel free to follow us there. All right, that's enough for now. I'll be back at the end. But without further ado, let's get on with this special update episode. You were on before, but there's an update. Now let's talk some more. Isn't that great? Welcome back, Cliff. Oh, hello, Kevin. How you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Are you all right? I'm good. I feel like a total stalker. Like, literally <laughs> restraining order. You can't get rid of me. A record-breaking third appearance. Cliff, your first appearance was the Sugar Babes slash MKS episode. So let me ask you, have there been any updates since your episode? You know, it's been like total tumbleweed, hasn't it? <laughs> Do you know what? We have gone, as fans of the Sugar Babes, and those who are listening to now, this includes you too, we have gone from being the most pathetic fan base in in pop music, like a laughing stock, to this, which is like, we're smug, we're excited, there's so much great stuff happening. It's amazing. Needless to say, we had the last laugh. It's like, yeah. we were like totally polarized. You're terrible, yeah. and you're delusional, and you're wearing tinfoil hats, but... Yeah, like, it's never going to happen. Stop trying to make sugar babes happen. Get over it. And now, who's laughing now? Um, Very smug. Yeah, and actually just this week, I got a text from somebody, a tweet actually was like, you really manifested this happened because they were just listening to the episode for the first time and they were like wow that was that's impressive it's impressive actually speaking of which let me just play a couple of clips right here's two two little short clips look i'm loath to even let the words pass my lips but i am convinced that there are plans now more than ever that there are plans to do something they don't have to be huge they don't have to be on a major label anymore all saints have shown that you can be perfectly successful without being the biggest thing around they can do festivals they can do smaller tours i just want a main stage at mighty hoopla slot for them and i want to be there for it and then i think i'll be happy with whatever you know domestic make is shaking <laughs> and here's clip two about flatline your voices together on it just even when they did that as the encore at the tour it was electric like the kind of whoa, whoa, whoa's mm. like outro that as it ends with all the kind of the, the drums and the kind of crescendo and like the yeah. crowd were literally screaming like it just went on for, i just felt like it went on forever and it was just like i was like totally elevating it was just another plane of existence it was just, you know what? It, was, it was wild, it was amazing. Let's manifest that happening at Mighty Hoopla, maybe 2022, yes. Yes. 2023, <laughs> on a sunny day, the whoa, whoa, whoa's 
ricocheting across Brixton. We, or we, we will actually be. be crying together. It'll be amazing. <laughs> yeah. That was an accurate prediction uh, in more ways than one. But um, I think it's also like a broken clock is still right twice a day. Is it just yeah, like, just yeah. Like, <laughs> we just kept saying it and it happened. So it's not like we, it was completely out of the blue. But yeah, so let's go back a little bit. Um, nothing was happening in the wake of our episode. Nothing was happening anywhere in the world, but specifically in Sugar Babes world. And then I remember on Instagram, I just see this little story. I think it was just a little clip of the overload video on the official Sugar Babes account. And I think it was their first little teasing of the re-release. And it was like, well, hang on a second. And I was like, I've been burned too many times to think this is something. But like the 20th anniversary thing was kind of in the works. We kind of knew it was happening, right? Even like pre-COVID, around flowers, that kind of time. Yeah, that's right. Remember there's like the mysterious website appeared that Mm. just had basically an email sign up and didn't reveal any more about it. But was it sugarbabes.com? I think sugarbabes.com, which weirdly isn't available now. It's gone again. They they lost. uh, (laughs) It's gone again. We'll get Crown back in court for that. So, excitingly, One Touch is re-released. Huge. With, like, so many tracks, so many remixes, some bonus tracks. Uh, on vinyl, because I've been trying to buy One Touch on vinyl over the years, never got it. And it's um, really expensive, isn't it? It was, like, yeah. hundreds. So, it came out, and, of course, it was exciting that they were doing anything. And I think that the remix that kind of had the most impact was maybe m uh, Run For Cover one. That's, it has the most streams, I think, like... Definitely the best one, wasn't it? I, I mean, I really wanted to like the uh, Dave Hines one a bit more, but it was just a bit... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, I was excited to hear about it, but it didn't do no. it for me massively. Oh, uh, the m one was phenomenal. Like, really, yeah. really loved it. A really good update. Uh, put his vocals on it as well. Really liked that. So Yeah. I got the signed Overload single. Yeah. Which is amazing to have. I kind of wish it was assigned vinyl like i would love to have the vinyl cover sign but you know can't complain considering the drought that we had to suffer so yeah but yeah. You know what you mean yeah and then october i was just looking up it was october when it was announced that they were gonna headline mighty hoopla exactly what we had wished for and then there's a whole slew of other uh, appearances announced so they were coming thick and fast and one of them of course was a glasgow date uh, and it was this color box festival like the first time it's ever been on and there were a certain uh, DJ duo who were also on the bill. Yes, we were on at the bill. We were on the bill with the Sugar Babes, which was yeah. very exciting. Do you want to just plug your um, DJ uh, account there? Yeah, so we've got our Club Night Obsession uh, with their uh, our Insta account is Obsession Glasgow. You can you can find us there with lots of Sugar Babes adjacent music there. Yeah, so unfortunately that didn't happen and I was devastated for you and I was also planning on going it was gutting but in that way it was like if you're a sugar babes fan you are you you build yourself up for disappointment at any possible <laughs> yeah 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 it happened but hey it's one of these things so let's talk about hoopla we had talked about you know experiencing it together uh, on the last podcast but and we did see each other over the course of the day but, you know, so many people around, we're in our own little uh, worlds and we're in our own little groups and Sugar Babes came on. I loved the build up. So they started with Push the Button. They had this big build up of, you know, news clips. Oh, they got back together. Just absolute perfect way to introduce them. And they came on. Like I couldn't see much. And like we'd had a lot of drinks and stuff by that stage. I really couldn't see anything by that point. It was dark. It was dark. 
it was so dark and also it's different to like a concert because at a concert you turn up maybe an hour or two beforehand you have a couple of drinks we've been like drinking for hours at this stage so like you know it was all a bit of a haze but i i was kind of just standing in awe of it happening i couldn't quite process that it was happening that i was hearing it that i was seeing some of it <laughs> and uh I, I was just absolutely amazed by everything that was happening yeah so push the button overload i remember overload being very early hole in the head i mean just banger after banger then we take things down a little bit with stronger and then we have flatline which was the moment that we wanted this is flatline um being performed to an adoring audience many of whom had heard it before i'm sure oh, and also it went on uh it went on streaming that day as well well that weekend didn't it? huge thing actually yeah absolutely huge under sugar babes incredible what a moment for a while i couldn't listen to it because it just made me too sad so for for it to then be performed and um for it to be put back on stream and like i've just embraced it completely again like i listen to it all the time now we had run for cover and then i think correct me if i'm wrong so my friend freddie hi freddie if you're listening was bringing me closer and closer to the stage so we were like moving and then we'd see a little gap we'd move further a little bit and a little bit more and so we ended up landing at a certain point (laughs) and i turned to my right and who do I see? <laughs> Only two-time appear- appearance on the podcast, <laughs> Cliff. Like, what are the triple chances? It's a shame it wasn't during Flatline. I would uh, love to arrive for the whoa, whoa, woes. The amount of gays in that field, and then we ended up there. It was destiny. It was, wasn't it? It was wasn't a, it? It was amazing. It was literally shaking and crying. It was literally, literally, and then they start singing today and it just took me a few seconds to even compute what was happening because i was like i know this song. Wait, wait this is one of the mks songs do you feel like we're looking at a new single with today i think the the fact that they're also performing it at more kind of festivals for locals makes <laughs> it wasn't just something they pulled out just for that one audience that they must they must have it in the bag for the next song I think so. Well, on an album or something. We had flowers caught in a moment, and then they finished finished with round round, another banger, and then of course, worlds collide. Uh, the multiverse of madness opens up in front of us on the stage, <laughs> <laughs> and they perform some of "About You Now." I cannot. I still can't believe. Like by that point, I think I also was kind of almost blackout drunk by that point so i mean it was or was it delirium i don't know but yeah amazing amazing and i think i do think it's a very tasteful way to perform it like okay so it's one of their maybe their biggest song on streaming yeah um but two of them weren't there and so i i know there had always been a kind of a rule that actually we'll just do the ones that mutia was there for but for them to just do a few choruses have keisha then sing the bridge or the half of whatever it is and like perfect just a great way to do it i wouldn't mind hearing the full song of course but you know great way to do it and they finished with freak like me and so night of dreams the the reception from it from everyone it's even people that weren't were like the fairweather fans might have been uh, heidi apologists i don't know the (laughs) was fabulous yeah and that was that was a, a a really good um indication of the widespread unanimous acclaim that they were going to get across the summer and at everything else they did because it only it only grew and grew and soon after hoopla was glastonbury right was it was a couple of weeks later it was, it was a couple of weeks later and as people will probably know like they were playing on a kind of a smaller stage than some of the acts and they shut the place down people were stopped from getting in 
it's insane seeing like everyone going mental for it and as again it's a completely different audience from hoopla and seeing yeah. it was just like wow i think that i think that was when it kind of like really kind of resonated that it's a, a general audience really responds to the, the material it's just kind of really promising for stuff in the future that they're now seen as almost kind of like one of these kind of legacy bands. Yeah, absolutely. I felt like these songs just were lying dormant in people's, not for us, but for for the likes of the people at Glastonbury or at Westlife here. And they just needed to be performed again in front of them for people to go, I love this song. Oh my yeah. God, I love this song. I love this group. They're incredible. I, I was so happy for them at Glastonbury, I think more so than anything, because they just deserved that. And Siobhan deserved that. She, she's not done the whole like performance of these massive crowds. Seeing her actually step into that and be absolutely amazing at it. What a woman. I love her. And of course, Keisha looked like a superstar my God. Um, and sounded incredible. Mutia's voice. I mean, what can you say? And just together, hearing that blend... And seeing them so confident, because I was thinking, especially in the run-up to Hoopla, they haven't done this in, well, on this scale, uh, maybe ever, but also, like, at least since, like, 2013 when they did the MKS tour. And they were just so confident. They just had it. Like, I would be, and maybe they were, so nervous, but I guess they're just that good and they're just incredible at what they do and they belong on those stages. So, yeah. Um, so they performed in Dublin then, um, supporting Westlife. Did you get them? No, I didn't go. I kind of wish I had because I was looking at videos from Croke Park and it just seemed like those performances reinvigorated the love that that women predominantly in in Ireland had for them and now have again. And I was, I was so happy until I realized, hang on, if they announce a Dublin date, I'm in, I'm in competition with these women, <laughs> these these, these yeah. newly renewed uh, Sugarbase fans for tickets. So as long as I get tickets for the show, that's fine. But uh, it's my fear as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the tour. A multi-date tour is announced across the UK, including two gigs in Scotland. The, the Scottish dates are at the end of the run, right? Yeah, it's really exciting. They are finishing in Glasgow. So that's, mm. uh, unless unless they add on, I know that they're hinting, or they've basically confirmed, haven't they, that they're doing like a, a Dublin date at least. Uh, yeah, apparently, but no no word. Yeah. At the moment, Glasgow's the, the last date, which unfortunately is a Monday, but... Okay, we'll, we'll take it. Are you a set list avoider? When it comes to tours. Do you know, I wish I could be one of those people who would like to go in with no knowledge, but I do have to look at them. Because like, especially with this group and this tour, what are they going to pull out of the bag? Like, what are they going to throw at us from either the MKS days or One Touch or subsequent albums? There's so much there. Like, I was thinking they could do a Conversations Over from three or something like that. I think that would really suit them. Um, They could do all sorts of things. We get Ace Reject. (laughs) We, <laughs> let's try for Ace Reject. Do you know what I'd love for them to do? Song for Matia. Oh, I was thinking that too. It'd be great. And especially kind of just the message behind the song and all their kind of vocals would work really well on it. So yeah. Yeah. They could do the Don't Panic Panic Matia. Yeah. Oh my God, please. I mean, we'll manifest it like we've done everything else. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's happening now. Um, I'm going to see them in Leeds. Uh, just because we were looking, oh, well, 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 let's do Leeds. So I'll go to Dublin if they're doing Dublin. I'm also seeing them at Margate Pride in a couple of weeks. So I'm going to that. Oh, so I'm really yeah. excited just to see them again. Yeah. But my big question, and I was a bit dismayed to read the press around the tour announcement when they were asked about new material. And they're like, mm, maybe, like we're kind of busy at the moment. Is that them 
protecting themselves from things that went wrong before. Um, do you think we will get new material? Please say yes. I think we will. I think they've learned a lesson and uh, again, it will be like the kind of the tour announcement where it just happened. It, we'll, we'll get just a, a short build up and then bam, we'll get stuff. This all seems so, so, so well managed and positioned and driving towards something. And I just, I just could not be happier. Do, do you not think it sounds insane that for me, I feel like it's it's happening so suddenly after it's like after I've been like desperate for like a decade. They say happening too quickly. Yeah, and I'm also like now that it's happening, I'm like, wait, what do I make my entire personality now in terms of like conversation points? Oh, oh, that's the guy who's waiting for the sugar babes to come back. <laughs> we obviously I asked you to come on and talk about sugar babes, but just this week we had some movement on your other topic, uh, Camp GA. Um, a very obviously a very very sad occasion but a lovely a lovely sight to see cheryl uh, nicola and nadine together and kimberly uh, on facetime or you know zooming in at the it was the race for life right in hyde park yeah it was really really beautiful wasn't it and they raised yeah. a lot of money and awareness for an important cause so mm. it, it was just lovely seeing them together uh, and then also like the kind of extended girls loud team so you had like Hilary Shaw and Peter Lorraine as well. So it was like, it seemed to be like a real group effort and it was just lovely to see. Yeah, just to see the three of them standing there. It was so crazy to me just to see Cheryl and Nadine beside each other and like nodding at each other and going, oh yeah, you were like just interacting with each other at all. Like after everything that's happened, it just kind of blew my mind a little bit. It really was like some sort of like peace process. It was just, yeah. And, and also, can we just take a moment to talk about Nadine in her leather shorts running like <laughs> she's literally never ran in her life, has she? She goes viral on TikTok every two weeks. At the moment, it's the beach girl thing. Have you seen that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gonna love it. <laughs> Something that Nicola said was really, really poignant where she was saying, we just don't feel like the group anymore. And, and then when, you know... Um, it was kind of said that Nadine had been saying to Sarah, oh, we're going on tour next year, 20th anniversary, all that kind of stuff, which that was really poignant, but so lovely just to see them together again. I really don't know if the, the fans are really wanting that reunion now because it's just not mm. the same. It's No. It's just lovely seeing them on stage. It was just healing. It looked healing, like for, for them and for, uh, particularly for the fans, um, so yeah, lovely, lovely to see. And whatever they decide to do for their twentieth uh, anniversary, I'm sure it'll be perfect for the moment and for the circumstances that they're in. So yeah, yeah. been some lovely reissues and stuff. And there's, yeah, there's plenty of stuff in the vaults that could be brought. Yeah. So so there we go, uh, Cliff. I look forward to hearing from you for all future happenings with your topics have you got one song to add to the playlist oh yes okay so again we've already spoken about it but it probably needs to be on the playlist uh probably at the top if you can since it kind (laughs) of a lot of this podcast is flatline by the sugar yes amazing amazing finally we can put it on can we stress it's by the sugar babes not it's by the sugar babes yeah (laughs) right it's going on All right, Cliff, thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon, okay? Yeah, take care. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye-bye. Kyle, welcome back. Hi, Kevin. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. I'm I'm getting there in the post-neighbors world, you know? Exactly. What are we now? Day 10? It's about seven seven days since 
seven episodes that should should have been, you know. So it should have been, yeah, 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 of course. Listen, we talked on the podcast and we got lovely, thank you to everybody who listened to the podcast and, and got in touch with nice feedback. It was so nice to hear. We talked about just how you would watch it, what you were expecting, what it would be like. What did you do on the night? What was it like and how were you at the time? I was a bit up and down, to be honest, the whole day. You know, I even had yeah. like I was at work and somebody rang us and went, Kyla, you're going to be all right for tonight. Because they knew I was going to be watching it on my own. And even my mum my mom was the same. She was like, do you want to come round and we'll watch yeah. it together? I went, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. It must have been a surreal experience to be like taken in as much as you possibly can. You know, because it's it's the first time you're going to see this last episode. And it was so packed with stuff, you know, with like significant things and emotional things and all kinds of appearances. It must have just been a heightened state of being for that hour and a bit. Oh, totally. I've I've watched it like a, a few times since just to like sort of like there was little bits that I missed or, you know, yeah. like I was a, like a blubbering like wreck near like the last five, ten minutes of it anyway. Um, so I don't actually have any recollections of that last ten minutes until I watched it for like the fourth time. Okay. You know, um, Fair. you know the, 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 the scene where like, you know, Susan says to Carl, Carl, I love you. And he replied yeah. back going like, I love you. And like, I could just tell that was like honest and sort of genuine between like Alan and Jackie that they'd worked yeah. together for such a long time. So that was sort of set us off. And then like a Susan's monologue at the the end and stuff. Oh, listen, like, it was beautiful. It was. It was absolutely lovely. You know, I was just like to take away Kevin, you know, when especially when she went like everyone deserves a place um, in the history yeah. of Ramsey Street. Like even those that watched from afar. And like even now I still like so like well up a little bit because I just think it's just like a nice a nice touch to the people that have watched from afar. Such a nice touch. A beautiful acknowledgement of the devotion of fans like you and everybody else in the fan community so it was so nice to be included in that way it was it it was beautiful and you know you know when they said are you all right susan she's like i was home you know and i I was like i was pretty much gone by then you know i was sobbing my heart out you know because it was just beautiful it was everything i I wanted for a finale it was it just had everything that just made the show what it was for me yeah well that's what i was gonna ask like as well as just the emotion of the end like what did you actually think of it were you satisfied with what they wrote and what they what they did clearly you were yeah i I was you know like you know neighbors had everybody like properly like convinced that everyone was going to be leaving Ramsey Street and you know by the mm. Kennedys and you know only to have everyone change their minds at the last minute and you know yeah. it, was, it was a good plot twist in a way and it did go out with a bang and you know even like seeing the likes of ghosts like ghosts of like Doug and Madge and you know guess, like Sonia yeah. you know I, I pretty much was like screaming at that point and yeah. I, like there was, there was like other little touches Kevin like obviously I didn't obviously I was far too young for like the 80s era of like Kylie and Jason. Yeah. I know a lot of people have said, oh, you know, Kylie didn't say anything. And, you know, but I think the script wasn't written when Kylie and Jason were available to do filming. So it was pretty much just like shoehorned in. But I was yeah. satisfied with that. You know, it was a nice touch that, you know, Kylie or Charlene went up to the, you know, where the window was and looked at yeah. it, you know, a bit of a throwback to like the first episode, her first sort of scene. I was probably properly living for Jane and Mike to be honest with you like obviously Ooh. they were before my era but then like you know touring the houses together you know a few of us have said it was like 
it was their way, like the way of the show, like for us as fans, like to say goodbye to each house. You know, it was Completely. like when they did a tour of all that, and just the two-hander between, like, you know, Guy Pearce and Annie Jones was just beautiful. You know, honestly, Guy was absolutely fabulous. He just fitted back in as if he had never been away. That's something you know? I've seen quite in quite a few places that he was kind of the the hero of the episode in a way because he really seemed to put his whole self into it and really took it seriously and gave it the respect that it deserved and really like gave it a really good performance and wasn't just there for like a quick cameo and that's fine for the people who were but he really seemed for somebody who's a Hollywood well he's a a name in Hollywood definitely he's had a lot of success I thought I was really impressed with him that was lovely when we were talking last time we weren't exactly sure of which names were going to be popping up I was like well Margot Robbie isn't going to be in it and then she turned up and uh, Libby and stuff. So how, how unspoiled were, did you stay? I pretty much went uh, on like a like a blackout for a few days. Yeah. You know, I didn't want, I just wanted to like sort of be surprised. I knew they would do some sort of video reel and stuff. So I knew that. But like yeah. the, totally like Natalie and Brulier and um, Holly Valance was a total shock for me. That was hilarious. The video... You know, I, I loved it how Libby was there. Like I was like, yeah. I, like sort of screamed when she was there because she's one. Obviously, as I said in the in the last episode, I was a very much a big fan of Kim Valentine. You know, like Libby and Steph and Nina and honestly, I honestly I screamed when uh, Tad was on as well. I was like, oh, Tad. oh, your fave. It's like, it's like someone had like looked at my Twitter feed of people I wanted to come back <laughs> to the show and they just went, we'll give them that one, we'll give them that one and that <laughs> one. And even like Lance was on and like you know it was just lovely and I was like. Oh, Oh, if only, only if Amy, Amy and Lance had been on, like on the set together. But I was satisfied with them having a video. Obviously, Margot Robbie, you know Donna. Mm. Obviously, she was one of my favorite like people as well uh, when she was on. And mentioned yeah. the Sugarero, the iconic Sugarero, like you know that? the fashion. <laughs> I think it was like a shrug, basically. But they made okay. it such a big thing that it was like the in thing to like our neighbours. Like, everyone wants one of Donna's shrugal arrows. Okay. <laughs> right. That's how she kind of got like left the program because she went to be like a fashion designer and stuff because someone okay. had took a shrugal arrow design and took it to New York. And, you know, like neighbours, everything with neighbours. The rest is history, you know. She lives her best life there. <laughs> well, I was very pleased to see a certain Philip Martin showing up at the end out yes, of nowhere. I thought of you. I thought of you as soon as I seen him. I was like, oh my God, it's Philip Martin. Getting all hot and bothered I was. I bet you. <laughs> um, so wait, how many times have you watched it? Oh, about five or six. Hmm. I, I kind of I kind of get away with like deleting it from my like sort of recorder and stuff. Oh, never delete yeah. it. What is the neighbour's fandom saying what's the general sentiment i assume you weren't on twitter during the show but i'm i assume straight afterwards you hopped on oh yeah definitely i think there was a genuine appreciation for it you know i think guy and annie got such high praise and the program was trending for at least i think for the nearly the whole weekend i believe and yeah. and the ratings were were incredible for like a, a friday night in summer 2.5 million like on on the night and i think with all the streaming and all the like catch-ups and stuff like that i think it has stretched into the four four million mark fantastic i, th- I think generally i think people were happy with the um like the final and stuff if people obviously people were sad it was ending but if it was also a case of oh and they, i wasn't happy with how it ended that would have just been a double sadness but I haven't really seen yeah. much criticism at all of the last episode, which is a, a lovely way to go out, isn't it? 
It is, it is, definitely. I, I think a couple of people were disappointed that Kylie didn't, she only said like oh, five yeah. words, but she was only available for that date, you know, because obviously there was a couple of scenes where I was like, you can tell like she isn't there, but they yeah. filmed it earlier and stuff. Yeah, the way they shot like um, Mike coming around the corner and going, oh, hello, yeah. and they obviously weren't there in the same day. But I think Kylie's bit was nice. She said, home sweet home. She said, yeah. Harold, and maybe one other Harold. word. And she and looking up at the window, I thought was a lovely moment. So it was nice that remember we talked about in the episode that there was a kind of a feeling or sentiment that the returning characters shouldn't overshadow things too much. So to have them there kind of isolated, but looking down warmly, I thought was a lovely way to do it. So I was I was satisfied as a person who watched it in the 80s. I was like, you know what? They've done that well. The only thing that really a little bit that knocked me and a few of us was that Channel 5 had like butchered some of the uh, scenes. I heard about this. I think we were meant to see Sky Mangle. She was meant to be on it on the video reel. And I think Natalie and Bruglia or Beth Brennan sort of shouted out to like a son because Ned um, is obviously her son he was there watching the video I think it was something like love you son or something Oh, but I have heard there's like 15 minutes of unseen footage that was shot I'm hopeful that they might do like a DVD or something for Christmas of like the extra 15 minutes and I would love them to do the Ramsey Street book as well that would be lovely I'll actually release it there's no I don't think I've heard anything that would do that but they may as well get plenty of money they're they're doing a tour at next year the farewell tour Yeah. Um, so I think they've they've, they've kind of had to extend the date and stuff because it's been so popular have you got your tickets of course <laughs> that was um, a silly question kevin I, I did see a tweet earlier from a he's called mark and he sometimes does a bit of writing for the perfect blend uh website oh, yeah and he he summed up a tweet beautifully um saying that the viewing figures are, are fantastic it's proof that neighbors touched people at different stages of their lives over the last four decades mm. they all t- turned up at, at the end like a funeral to say goodbye tip their hat and yeah. remembered it fondly it was a perfect end and I think that was just a perfect way to, to sort of sum it up, really. You know, it was a lovely thing to see on Twitter, um, yeah. that tweet. It was lovely. So what happens now? Would you expect to see, like, uh, fan fiction? People writing their own continuing stories? Would you read them? Would you be interested? Well, strangely enough, um, there is, there's a couple of parody accounts that have sort of been set up. Uh, yeah. There's one called uh, Vera Punt. She's like the local busybody. She lives at number 34. Okay. So it's more like yeah. a recurring character than a regular character. So she's yeah. been keeping us up to date, you know, with oh, the relevant things that are cute. going on on Ramsley yeah, yeah. Street. <laughs> the scene, Jane and Mike move into number 24. Um, they're setting up a book club and Izzy's hanging around for a little bit longer. And yeah, it was just so sweet. <laughs> That's really nice. Come here, did you ha- did you have a look at the poll that we did on Twitter? Um, so it was basically asking, what's your favourite decade? 80s, 90s, noughties or 10s? And we did have a few people going, actually the 20s. But I was like, well, I couldn't fit that. I guess I've seen options. that, yeah. <laughs> Lots of lovely neighbours uh, accounts engaged with the Twitter and retweeted. And they were all very nice and lovely. Well, the result was, in fourth place, was the 10s with 17%. In third place mm-hmm. was the noughties with 20%. In second place, yeah. nostalgia vibes, the 80s, 25%. And out in front was the 90s with 38.4%. Um, will you like continue to revisit episodes, your favorite moments, or are you moving on from the show? 
Oh no, no! I'll still be, I'll still be like rewatching some um, classic episodes, and I still think in my head that it's just, it's, it's still on in my head that yeah, it hasn't been totally sunk in yet. So I'll still be watching classic episodes and reading up on characters that were on the show and stuff, and I'll still think of it very fondly. Uh, that's lovely. That's lovely. I hope you do get to Melbourne. I hope you get to Pino Court, even though they won't be filming there. I think it's, imp- it's an, I think it's an important. Pr- I think it's, I've had two cans of beer. I think it's an important pilgrimage to make at some stage. I'm so happy you were so pleased with it. Um, I'm sorry that it's over, but I think it couldn't have ended in a, a better way. So I'm really mm. pleased on that level. Yeah. Come here, do you have a song to add to the playlist, Kyle? Uh, oh, I don't know. Um, obviously, it was sad news about Olivia Newton-John. Um, oh, yeah. Do you want to put like physical or something? Yeah, let's go with Olivia Newton-John and physical. Perfect. I'm delighted to have her on there. Listen, Kyle, thank you so much again for sharing your thoughts on Neighbours and... Um, as we always say, if there's an update to the topic, you'll be back on. You never know. It could be recommissioned back. <laughs> Ramsey Street returns. You just never know. Of All right. Course. Thanks, Kyle. Lovely. Thanks, Kevin. See you later. Cheers. Bye. Hi, Peter. Hello. How's it going? It's nice to speak to you again. It's lovely to be back. Come here. As I'm asking everybody, are there any um, updates to your topic? Um. Well, quite consider. Well, quite considerably, <laughs> we sort of talked about it a little bit previously when I was on um, about how yeah. ABBA had got back together and that's all very exciting and we were on the cusp of the new album and we were sort of talking about the new show, ABBA Voyage, as if it was sort of just this thing in the distance. It was kind of sort of a bit of an unknown quantity. Yeah, it was like, oh, I wonder what that'll be like. That sounds fun. Yeah, I think all the focus was kind of on the album at that point and i think as a fan i sort of, i sort of thought well oh this is amazing that abba have got back together this is more than i could have ever hoped for in my wildest dreams and we've got new songs and there's a, a show coming up or it's a hologram thing that'll be pretty cool but speaking to you now i've four times to abba voyage later wow uh, four times Obviously, it's absolutely incredible that abba got back together and voyage is a great album but the show is the big thing and it's just beyond anything i think any of us could have expected i'll bring in i'll bring in my my second very very special guest at this point so sarah is here hi sarah hi sarah i know you i always ask my guests how i know them how do i know you um london amdram yeah did some shows over pubs uh just living the best amdram life but you are now musical director extraordinaire and you were, of course, um, the reason you're here for this little chat is that you were in the band for ABBA Voyage and you you launched it, right, with the original launch band. Yeah, so I got to do all the like rehearsals up to like, yeah. the global premiere and then I did a six, maybe five or six weeks after that before Little Boots came back um, because she'd been on maternity leave. Yeah. So how did you how did you get the gig, as they say? I mean, I'm honestly not really sure. The producers had employed a fixer to kind of sort out deck musicians for the band. And he works a lot in theatre. And he happened to ask me if I'd be interested in just being a deck for the band for when Little Boots wanted to like have a nice off or whatever. And I said, oh, yeah, sure. I'm sure that'll be a right laugh. Great. And then apparently there were all sorts of backstage behind the scenes conversations going on because she was due to give birth at the end of April, which was right in the middle of the, like the final preparations. And they kind of came to a point where they were like, oh, we need someone a little bit more permanent. 
do you fancy it? <laughs> um, and yeah, so from the beginning of April or the last week of March even I was working full time on the show Peter when was your first exposure to the show when did you first go uh, so the first time I went to see it was at the beginning of June so I think it was about a week and a half in okay and I, I mean I didn't mean I didn't set out to go four times I didn't say oh I'm I'm gonna get four tickets it's just because I think different people knew that I was a fan and and said oh shall we go and see it and I kind of thought yeah and actually I mean I would go again because a big appeal of it is going with a new person and witnessing their reaction to it because okay you really it's one of those things you really have to see to believe and I'm not sure Sarah how much you can see when you're in within the band and that initial reaction when the avatars come on stage but I mean it must just be a crowd of 3,000 people just open mouth for five minutes because it is absolutely astonishing. It really is. You're absolutely right. Uh, so before we started doing tech rehearsals, they got us to watch the whole show with mannequins of us standing on the stage, which was weird. Ah. But let's say that we could we got to see all the visuals and stuff before we had to stand in front of it and perform. And it was just so overwhelming because you got I got to a point where I honestly couldn't tell the difference between real and not real and that's what to watch the audience go through every day peter is there anything else you're uh dying to know um well yeah so what obviously when you go um multiple times you start picking up on little details and i think the second time i went i realized wow this band works so incredibly hard like the first time you're just hearing the ABBA songs and you're hearing the sort of bigger picture. But then I, you know, you start to pick up on the fact that while they're actually live, most of this is live and really recreating the the tracks incredibly well. So I suppose I wanted to sort of know how much is live? What is there on the tracks? What's the sort of the the, the balance there? Yeah, absolutely. So for any of your glorious listeners, Kev, you haven't yet made it there are 10 musicians on stage so three vocalists doing bvs and some incredibly fun choreography then there's there are two guitars bass guitar drum kit percussionist keys player and saxophone and aerophone which is a thing you blow in it looks like a child's toy you blow into it and it makes all sorts of like crazy sounds like timpani and glockenspiels and stuff like that okay and yeah so we are playing most of the time but there is obviously the track running of ABBA's original incredible vocals, which are supported by the incredible BV ladies, uh, with a little bit of support from the keys player, lol, <laughs> that was me, and the two guitarists occasionally. Not too much, fortunately. Is that live singing, involved. do you mean? Yeah. Oh my God, amazing. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so we got to <clears throat> sing live along with them. And then in terms of kind of instruments on the track, there was quite a lot of Benny's piano playing because... Quite frankly, I would not have the guts to stand on that stage and try and okay. like recreate Benny's piano playing. Right. And so I, on the keyboard, well, I had a keyboard and a synthesizer, so I was making all sorts of like cool sounds, like synthesizer kind of noises, electric pianos, stuff like that, that are all on the original tracks. But because I think the way ABBA recorded a lot of their songs was just layering lots and lots of stuff. Yeah. So I was one of those layers. Right, okay. Do you know, can you give us an exclusive as to whether there are any plans for like a, a rejigging or new little things added into the set list? Or is it what it is and that's the show and that's what it is? 
to my knowledge, the mm. show is as is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they spent an awful lot of time and money making the avatars and making all of the incredible video sequences that you get to see. Fair. Um, so I think it would be a challenge to be refreshing Chuck that super else. regularly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is it an open-ended run now? Because I think it's been extended, has it? Or do we have a finishing date, do you know? I know that the arena is can be there um, for four or five years. I think okay. the plan is there will be houses built there afterwards, but oh. it's booking for a year at the moment. And I can imagine the way things have been going that it will it will probably be extended further. There's certainly the scope to extend right. it further. Right, right, right. Because I really do want to get to see it because people are just falling over themselves to explain how amazing it was and they can't like it's impossible but they're so they're trying so hard <laughs> like because you know you'd, you'd see something you're like oh it was amazing but they're like, no it was like it was mind-blowingly amazing you have to you, you don't understand and like i watched some videos on online i know it's not the same so no, I, re- I really would, i really would oh. like to see it can i um can i try and not explain it because yeah. it can't as you said it can't be explained it needs to be seen to be believed but i think i could probably sell it to you by telling you one sort of detail about it which is it's so obvious that abba were involved with it because if it was anybody else putting on an abba show Hmm. you'd come into the arena and it would be i will survive and staying alive playing with disco balls and it would be wedding disco the kind of thing that kind of turns you off abba a little bit yeah it's not like that at all Obviously, the songs are from the 70s and 80s, but it is a really modern pop show. And that really, really stood out to me. And I think that is a real selling point. And I think that sort of has wrong-footed quite a lot of people and their expectations of it. That's really interesting. So are they presented on stage, though, in their... Obviously, they're the younger selves, but do they look younger but now? Is that what they look like? Uh, They are their younger selves, so they're in their... 20s um and i think and their outfits are certainly inspired by their 70s outfits but they're not a recreation of them they are i think they've been designed by uh, dolce and gabbana and i think that's right yeah so yeah they sort of look it's it's definitely i think the brief was what if abba were young in 2022 and touring what would it be like and that's pretty much the show that you get well, I hadn't heard that little kind of uh, spin on it before, actually, because, yeah, my expectation was, oh, we're going back to the 70s. So, like, that's actually a really refreshing kind of angle. Um, Sarah, what was it like at the glittering opening premiere, the whole shebang? What was that like? Oh, it was amazing. So before the show, we got to go out and like do the red carpet thing. Yeah. Um, and I, as a very much musical theatre person, yeah, took part in an interview with NME magazine, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> of all the people, um, just the buzz and the vibe and the, just the excitement was incredible. I think there were a couple of people who fainted in the audience during the show on that first night. Okay. Yeah, the stadium was literally like a light with electricity. Yeah. And then the after party was so excellent. They were giving out the best canapes. We had lobster rolls and like bow buns, little mini hot dogs. Yeah, it was great. Amazing. Did you have like, over the course of your time in the show, were you like finding people going, oh, hey, how are you? Um, Any chance of a ticket or no? 
a little bit. I definitely got okay. people asking me if I had a discount code, which oh, yeah, I did yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that was sad. And I did also meet a lovely gentleman who absolutely thought that I was the recording artist Little Boots, who is the keys player really? for Adder Voyage. Okay. I, I, she's about five foot tall and blonde. Okay. I am not far. I'm a bit taller than five foot and very much have dark brown hair. <laughs> And this man made me take a photo with him, and I didn't have the heart to say no. Oh, my God. Bless him. Bless him. Yeah. You made his day. You made his night. I hope so. <laughs> I'd love to know. There must be... Somebody has to have the record of attendances at it, and I'd love to know the number. I just want to know the number. That would oh be really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> because I just feel like if any group is going to have some proper, proper hardcore fans who want to make the most of it while they can after years of absolutely nothing. There is a huge, huge ABBA fan base, but the characteristic that I think defines them is just, they're all so adorable. And they're just so warm and excited about all of this. And it must have absolutely made their day being at those first few shows. I can only imagine what the atmosphere was like. I have to kind of think of the people who... Actually, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, um, <laughs> well, you, can, you can do it and not and not put it in the show. Yeah, I, was just think, <laughs> I, I have to kind of think of the people who like are no longer with us and were huge fans and waited and would have dreamt of, of doing something like that or being at something like this and to not have the chance to actually attend because obviously many of their fans will have... Uh, passed on but like that's too that's too sad um, it is true. No, but it's true i've i've thought i've been on a few maudlin drunk walks home listening to sad abba songs and thinking of that yeah so it's yeah true. i um, think the upside to that kev is that yeah. there there are lots of families coming oh, and so yeah. you see a mum and a dad who are living their absolute best lives and their little kids and some of them are a bit overwhelmed by the whole thing but yeah. i've definitely watched sort of i mean i'm gonna guess like 10 9 10 11 year olds like dancing around, having a great time. They know all the words. Yeah. So it's, I think it's definitely brought ABBA to a new generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Peter, do you think you'll go again? I don't have any plans to go and see it again at the okay. moment, but I'm already feeling a little bit bereft about okay. that. <laughs> and I know that my parents will want to come over and see it. And I know that okay. there'll be people I know who want to see it and I'll want to see it with them to see their reaction. Yeah. And People will say, you know, but oh, but it's exact. It's identical every time. You know, you're just watching mm-hmm. a screen. But it's, you know, it's so much more than that. You know, you'll know. You know, everyone who's been to a concert knows that half of the experience is the show itself, but the other half is the crowd and just being in that room and the the, the sort of communal experience of it all. And that's yeah. gonna energy every time. So I yeah. could, if you could bottle that up, that'd be great. What an amazing thing for you, Peter, as a fan, to be able to enjoy, um, like, the, the first of its kind. I'm sure there will be other attempts at recreating it. But, like, what, is, what a special thing to be able to experience and, Sarah, for you to be involved in um, and to bring it to the world. I, I look forward to seeing it at some stage. I guess tickets are generally available like is it selling out and stuff still peter do you know yeah well i mean i think the next couple of months it's it's, they're like gold dust but you know it does you know it's been extended quite a bit and you know if you plan enough in advance to be able to get something amazing amazing sarah um what have you moved on to well i will still be deaf i will be popping in to do shows for little boots when she's having a night off Uh, so i haven't left it entirely yeah um and i am also doing similar things on cabaret and jersey boys in oh, wow. London's glittering West End. Yeah. Um, 
and I'm currently just in the middle of auditions for a workshop of a new musical. Oh. Uh, based on a smash hit 90s film. Go on. With original music by a Scottish performer, pop okay. singer, type okay. pop artist. And I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about oh. it, so I'm going to stop there. Oh my God. <laughs> Scottish pop artist. Is it Lulu? You probably can't say. Can it's you, not Lulu. Okay. Can you? Can you just what, can you just put a bleep sound effect in, and the two of us will go <gasps> in sync and just make it a really big deal? <laughs> Great, I'm here for it. And um, so, it's... I'm doing a workshop of a new musical of <laughs> with music by. Oh, <laughs> I thought I thought you were just going to pretend to tell us, but you really told <laughs> us. <laughs> and that was a genuine I'm... ooh. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's listen. It's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So. Fantastic. But but you you haven't left the world of ABBA, which is great. I haven't. No. Sarah, thank you so much for chatting to us about this. It's such a so so interesting to hear it from your side. Uh, I really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. And Peter, congrats. That's all I can say. Congrats on your <laughs> amazing uh, development in your episode theme. Thank you, and uh, yeah, delighted. Always a pleasure. Amazing. Thanks, guys. Hello, John. Hello, Kev. Welcome back. Oh, God, sorry. <clears throat> Welcome back. Oh, it's been too long. It's been too long. The dust has settled on your 2022. Happened. A lot has happened. It didn't quite shake out like we thought. Well, in a way, <laughs> it did in some ways, and it didn't in other ways. I was actually just listening to the episode, thinking of things that I can put to you that you said. <laughs> <laughs> Fact check me, yes. <laughs> yeah. But um, you were on the ground right mm -hmm. and you were podcasting and may i say excellently podcasting it was so so enjoyable those episodes of um the esc insight that uh, podcast that you did is so good oh thank you I, I, that's so kind because it was stressful <laughs> it was so stressful yeah running around shivin with a little kind of makeshift ha handheld mic thing trying to get interviews off anyone who had any time to talk to me it was uh it was, of fire, eh? it was but we got through it just about there's some hairy moments and I'm, I'm so i'm really pleased that you enjoyed it genuinely i thought it was of all the of all the, the the bits of content that were floating around eurovision to read or to listen to um i thought it was right up there with the absolute very very best so oh, yeah make me cry stop it <laughs> oh listen it's just it's true um so how do you now we're on we're in august may june july august three months later mm-hmm and we were like, <laughs> one of the things I'll mention was, I was like, so what do you think of the stage? I think it looks quite cool. Like, what do you think of the staging? And you were like, yeah, it looks interesting. And obviously that kind of all <laughs> went to shit a little bit. But um, how do you reflect on Turin 2022, looking back? So whenever I go, because I go every year, obviously, and I have that very intense two-week period and the very kind of intense two or three months beforehand of build-up where you follow all the national finals and listen yeah. to so many songs and get so invested in them i always have that little summer break kind of thing where after it's done i kind of step back so i'm i just i'm not even like intently it just kind of naturally i kind of feel it ever so slightly burnt out on it yeah. so i haven't really listened to a lot of the songs since mm. um not certainly not in the kind of rotation that i did before but i know that i will come back to them yeah actually i think it was a really good year and in terms of the experience it was one of the best I've ever had. I loved it. Oh. Just because I got to hang out with some mutual friends of ours who happened to be in Turin. And for a lot of them, it was their first time seeing it live. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I got to kind of experience that through their joy and, and of, of 
being there and that excitement that yeah. I'm kind of a bit jaded to at this point. So that was really, really nice. And also because it was the first time, you know, post-COVID that it's, it's yeah. to be together with a bunch of other gay people and just be doing screaming over pop divas was just yeah it was, it was fantastic it was absolutely wonderful so i had a great time i was a bit down on the, how i thought the show was going to be you know in the run-up uh, in our episode and actually i really really enjoyed it in the end i thought the lineup on the final was really strong and i okay the the thing at the back of the stage didn't work properly if people don't know it was meant to turn around but it was taking too long or it was potentially a hazard or whatever whatever so they just left it at the back and it was a bit a bit garish but you know, and some people like got over it quickly. Some people are probably still annoyed about it, but I think it was a, a really strong uh, year in the end. So I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, Ukraine won. I mean, you had mentioned in the episode, like, is it just going to be Ukraine walkover? And it was mm-hmm. not a shock, not a shock on the night when, you know, votes started to come in. Did you kid yourself that it could be anything else? Or were you like, you know what, this is going to be Ukraine? I think I was, I think just not that even didn't necessarily want or think Ukraine deserved to win because I think they absolutely did for many reasons. I think it was a great song and a great performance, even taking the political element out of it. But yeah, Mm. obviously, I think just to make it more interesting for myself, and I think a lot of people, fans did this, kind of, you do kind of just suspend disbelief a little bit. I think, well, maybe it's not going to just be this huge, but as it was, it was the biggest televote that they were, they topped the televotes in all but I think two countries. It was never not going to happen as it turned out. And I remember I watched the final in a pub, a pub in Turin with some friends, oh, yeah. with our friends. And it was that was really good because I'd watched the semifinals in the arena. So to watch the final in like mm. a, a pub was a really different vibe and really much more chilled. But it was also a Scottish pub. So it was filled with like screaming England fans. And so when we, and we will talk about Sam Ryder, I'm sure, but when all those 12s yeah. were coming through and we were doing really well, it was like, I got that sensation of what it must be like to be, straight and watching like the world cup or something like it was it was very much that kind of like i've never screamed so loud in my life um jumping up and down but then when really yeah 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 so yeah so one of the quotes that you had said on the on the episode was that oh i'll find it in my heart to be excited i'm sure if we're getting like good results obviously you obviously (laughs) got a bit carried away in in a really positive i never doubted sam Ryder for a second not a second (laughs) and that has been my line on it since yeah, yeah, yeah. So second, I mean, it's it's kind of, it would have been unheard of uh, this time last year to imagine. Um, mm. So good that it happened. And as a result, of course, it's coming home. It's, it's coming home. <laughs> and I was listening to the episode earlier and, I, and you were going on about your holiday. And yes. I felt so sad for you suddenly because you're like, <laughs> what about my holiday? What so what my... is your current, what is your current feelings on it being at the, in the UK? I mean, yeah, obviously you're right. Uh, it is a little bit bittersweet for me because one of the big mm-hmm. joys of the Eurovision is that I get to go and travel and see a different part of the world. And it is my main holiday every year. That said, we are in a cost of living crisis. <laughs> and, true, um, very true. Very good point. And also, it might be in Leeds, which is ah. a dark horse. I'll accept it's a dark horse, but it, they, Leeds, which is my home city for those who don't know. Um, yeah. We have put a bid in. Uh, I've I've had some communications with our local councillor, a homosexual, um, <laughs> and they're Very really good. they're really fired up uh, about it. They they've really put in a strong bid. They feel and um, wow, we really want it here. And obviously, Manchester, Glasgow, London mm-hmm. probably have better infrastructure for it. And so I, I'm not deluding myself that we're front runners, but I do think 
I'd like, you know, it could happen. It's not beyond the realms You're of possibility. In one of the shows. <laughs> Do you have any insight into what generally goes into the bid itself? So it's a two part process. First of all, it's kind of an open submission where any city or kind of municipality can submit a bid. And they have to kind of submit some papers that kind of prove that they would have the necessary infrastructure to host it. So it needs to have an arena of a certain size within mm-hmm. the city limits. Uh, there needs to be enough hotel rooms in the area to you know for for like something like ten thousand people if you count in all the fans and also the artists the delegations etc that bidding process is what's going on right now and it will be i believe they announced actually that they're going to announce the shortlist for phase two uh this week or next week or at the time we're recording which is like mid-august so i I don't know maybe this friday yeah Mm -hmm. yeah this will be going out Probably Friday, probably like today. It's I think it was the twelfth, wasn't it? They were going to announce it. Yeah, so it's possible that we might be. Yeah. Your listeners might be listening to this after the shortlist has been announced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and leads are like out. <laughs> or maybe they're in the mix there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm doubting your commitment to leads here. Uh, <laughs> why are you not as excited about this as I am? Um, <laughs> Come here, some of your. With some of your favorites, oh god! <laughs> I was looking at the, your your when you gave your points, you know. Oh, so there yes. were ten songs that you awarded points to. <laughs> How many of those songs do you think were in the grand final? <laughs> oh god, it's probably low. Um, so I know I gave points to Croatia and Montenegro that both did mm-hmm. not make it. God, with only... oh Ireland, sadly, yeah, uh, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about it. I'm sure, but you know, yeah, I'm gonna guess that out of the ten songs I gave points to, five made the final correct yes <laughs> so it was montenegro croatia albania Ireland. was the albania oh god that tragedy yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's always uh, one that just goes tits up when they hit the stage and albania was almost literally <laughs> tits up on yeah, the stage. yeah 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 <laughs> you also really were bigging up latvia you were all about oh, latvia god, yeah <laughs> and it's so funny the journey again of like because now when you look back it's like well what on earth was i thinking of some of those like <laughs> they were never going anywhere but you know hindsight is 2020 as they say so yeah of course i was all about slow-mo and you were like oh. over it and then <laughs> and then <laughs> i never doubted chanel for a minute <laughs> that that i mean a glow up from what was already oh at God. least in my opinion really really impressive mm. what they did Every second of that is a moment. It is absolutely spectacular, I think, in terms of just a production, a performance. She was charisma, uniqueness, nerve and talent. I mean, she was serving as high drag. Yeah. Well, they're still playing it in the gay bar in the George here in Dublin. They're playing it. Anytime I've been there, it gets played, usually back to back with Fuego. So it's it's Mm. quite a, a seven minutes. Uh, six yeah, and a half th- that song is one of the breakout hits for sure this year we also said we didn't really fancy italy so we did well there mm-hmm. um yeah. now we have to talk about sweden because it did very well right fourth uh-huh. place great mm-hmm. i was disappointed were you at all disappointed yeah i i did i really did think that was gonna go a little bit higher uh, mm. i'm not sure what why it didn't i think well, I mean, as you say, fourth is very good. I feel like it's fourth is Sweden's sweet spot these days. They always seem to be around that fourth place. Like It smashed the, its semi-final and all the rest, mm. but it just didn't really have the legs or the the height to be head and shoulders above other mm-hmm. competitive countries on the night. I was a bit disappointed, but I still love it. I still play it all the time. Yeah. I think one thing that might have knocked it down a couple of rungs is that some people really loved 
Sweden, and some people uh-huh. really loved Greece. And if, especially, oh, yeah, especially really if you look at those jury points, Greece soaked up a lot of twelve points that you think that okay. could have gone to Sweden, but obviously they picked their fighter, and a lot of them chose yeah. Greece. So even yeah. though she finished on top of Greece generally, because I think Greece mm-hmm. only finished. Around, I think the televote for Greece wasn't that strong, so I think they ended up about seventh. I think don't quote me. Okay, but yeah, ultimately I think had Greece not been another very strong kind of alt pop female led ballad. Maybe Sweden yeah. would have soaked all that up and pushed a little bit ahead. But uh, yeah, fair, yeah. fair. I called a flop for Serbia. Mm-hmm. You were like, <laughs> if it connects, it could do really well, and it obviously connected. That is Con- the only thing I made money on this year. Oh right, okay. I made some very. Oh no, actually, I think I think I put some each ways on uh, Sweden, which did pay off, but not as much as I hoped. It okay, would. okay. Um, Ireland. If we talk about Ireland for a sec, you were yeah. really gung ho for Brooke. When the clip came out and when the rehearsals were seen, there was a lot of good buzz. There was a lot of momentum behind. It was like, actually, this is they've done it well. Mm. Um, what would you put the lack of success? Oh, that was down so to? sad. That that yeah. was really sad. I felt so bad for her because it was a great stage show and she did have all the charisma, and I do think it deserved it. But you know, yeah, yeah, I do? think it was a well produced um, stage show. The colors were good. She was really good. I just personally, and I've said this a few times. Since the, this is like my official line on what Ireland should do at Eurovision, if anybody cares. <laughs> I think if you look at the countries that did really well, UK, Spain, maybe Sweden. But anyway, you the, most of the countries that were up there at the top, the entries just felt like that country in a way. It, it, it mm. elicited some kind of sense of the country. You know, Spain. Are you saying you Madadora want green and the panpipes back? Is that it? Green dress and panpipes. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> But like something that just makes people think of Ireland. It was yeah. I just think there was nothing that made people like Ireland, right? And they want mm. to engage with Irishness. I'm not mm. saying have the the panpipes and stuff, but like <laughs> personally, even though it's not my vibe really at all, I would probably go down the road of musicianship because I think mm. people associate that with Ireland. And I think like if you look at Ryan O'Shaughnessy, he he was the only person to qualify for Ireland in the past decade or so, and he had the guitar and there was a, someone on the piano. I just think the way to do it is to get a really strong person who can play an instrument and can just give that kind of gig feel. And it's Mm. not something that I would enjoy, but it's what I would recommend if someone was to ask. Something that just feels a little bit, some element of Irishness. But anyway, hopefully next year, there's a band called Wild Youth. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're like Mm. a contemporary, it's a popular band here. And Mm. they literally were like, we want to do it. Whether RTE takes that seriously and says, you can do it. I don't know, but they, they're actually a very um, popular group. So anyway, I was going to ask um, UK entry-wise next year, do you see them building on the success? Like, would you be like, what would you recommend they do uh, next year? I really hope so. I really hope we do build on this. Um, I would love to, there's some people I have very much in mind. Um, oh, yeah. One of them, I'll, I'll mention at the end of the show because it's it's actually how I chose my playlist song for later. Ah. Um, but another one is uh, someone like Self Esteem. I think it would be really, really good. Oh, yeah. Now, she was at Mighty Hoopla when we were there and I didn't mm-hmm. go to see her. But since then, I've heard so much about her that I wish I had. So, yeah, I yeah. must look her up. Well, she's yeah. amazing live. It's, it's just someone like that. There's so many people right now who are who have like a, a fan base and who can tour and are very established but don't mm. they're not in the charts because it's really hard to break into the charts now because the charts yeah. is just like 20 ed sheeran songs 12 beyonce songs free drake song you know yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah. it's 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 a very it's very hard and to get that what what like sam Ryder, i wasn't that aware of him because i wasn't really a tiktok kind of person but he obviously mm. had an inbuilt fan base and then but what your vision has done is tip him over the edge and now he's like a national treasure you know like oh, yeah. he's beloved yeah and jubilee and all sorts exactly so 
someone else like that, like someone like Self Esteem or um, if they if she'd ever do it, Jesse Ware, I'd love to see Jesse Ware do it. I think she'd be such a oh. classy kind of. If you want like a home entry, you know, somebody who's going to step on the stage and just you know not. There's no way she's going to embarrass us. She'd be so jury friendly yeah. as well because she's got such a voice. Yeah. Um, so that's the kind of vibe I'd like to see. Someone who is not a has been, not some, not Jesse J. Sorry, you know, somebody who's <laughs> somebody who's still on the up. Um, listen, we must talk about the breakout uh, <laughs> hit from this year. Who would have called it? I, if if we had said there'll be one song that actually is going <laughs> to chart all over, it's going to be on hundreds of millions. I don't know what it's on streaming wise. I would have been like, well, Cornelia Jacobs, step forward. Mm. It's your moment. But no. <laughs> It's, yeah, I don't think we even mentioned Armenia on our original episode. No, I don't think so. Now, yeah. I did, I have been on record the whole way through, even from the first day it came out, uh, that I liked it. But this mm-hmm. is, so this is Snap by Rosa Lynn. If people don't know, it was the one where she was ripping the paper off the walls and it mm-hmm. almost didn't rip one in time. But anyway, um, so it has taken off where else but on TikTok and is now a legitimate hit it's been it's top mm. 10 in ireland as we speak i don't know how it's doing in the uk what is your take on all that i think it's great i always like it when a eurovision song crosses over i think it's mm. always it's always healthy for the contest it's really good i think it's really interesting that it's that song as well i i think it's a nice song it's very pleasant yeah. i can see what i can see why it really fits into that kind of spotify playlist thing and i know that it's also gone viral on tiktok obviously which has hugely contributed to its success mm. and i actually think it's not necessarily a bad thing if a song flops at eurovision and then becomes a hit because mm-hmm. i think now it's like i think eurovision and the charts are kind of a bit separated i think what makes i don't think the armenians i don't think snap was a great eurovision song if you watch yeah. that contest even in the knowledge that it was going to go on and be the breakout hits i don't think it mm. stood out it was quite you know i watched it with friends after when i got back as well to kind of get their take and it yeah. was the same it, it, it was one that really passed people by because it's quite low key yeah. But on a playlist, it's like, oh, you know, just on a nice autumn walk in a field. It, it sounds, yeah. it's, it's very nice, you know. So what what I wouldn't like to see happen is for that to make people think, oh, boring is good. Like, because yeah, you've got Chanel, like who is the, the epitome of a great Eurovision song performance. And I so hope that, because we did say in our original episode, the bangers were somewhat thin on the ground this year. Yeah. I would love to see a whole bunch of Chanel copycats next year. You know, I would love that. To, or just, you know, just a general raising of the tempo. Um, yeah. I'd much rather see that than 25 countries trying to emulate Snap. Yeah, definitely, so. definitely. Well, look, the, the season is about to begin again, isn't it? Isn't it from the 1st mm. of September that it's all like, it songs are eligible and then things start rolling. Yeah, absolutely. It is a full-time job being a Eurovision loon. It's um so yeah, September the 1st is the date, the cutoff date. Although to be fair, it's usually generally December is when Albania starts choosing. They're usually the first country. They pipe um, up. Okay. They do, yeah. So Albania will start and, and then fe- January, February, March, then it all goes nuts. So we've got a little bit of time for sure. Oh, but I can't wait. Theoretically, can't wait. theoretically we've got 3 weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the city announcement to come, well, which you go, fingers is, crossed yeah. for Leeds. John, do you have a song to add to our playlist? I do. So as I mentioned earlier, there are some artists that I definitely have in my head as people who I would love to see representing the UK next year to get that shot. I mentioned Jesse Ware. I mentioned Self Esteem. Mm. Another one who I'm really into, who again has not quite had that breakup moment yet, is uh, a singer-songwriter called Rina Sawayama. Love Rina, love Rina. So, and she's just released an absolute banger um, called Hold the Girl. Yeah. Which obviously won't be eligible because it's October, but yeah. something like that, yeah. Just again, a big 
banging pop tune by someone who has made a career out of banging pop tunes. So it's not like she'd be right. It wouldn't be like Rina Sawayama doing a Eurovision song. It would just any of her material yeah. would work, I think. So and hold the girl. I don't know why she hasn't had a, had a hit yet, but it seems like she's right on the cusp. So yeah. she seems like a prime candidate to me. And she seems like somebody who would have the right attitude towards it and would 100%. be like, yeah, fuck it. I'll give it everything. I'll do it. Like she doesn't seem to be too cool for school or anything like that. Like I think, yeah, that's a, that's a great call. So hold the girl going on the playlist. 100%. Yeah. Love it. A love it. Love it. Is love a bop. Love it. John, thank you so much for your insight. And speaking of insight, um, you can check out John's work uh, on escinsight.com. I'm sure you'll be blogging away over the, the season. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Amazing. Amazing. Um, and listen, come back um, wh- when the, the next season in full swing. I'd love to just hear your thoughts on how it's all going. Always a pleasure, Kev. Always. Thank you, John. Thanks a lot. Speak later. Bye. 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 Hello, Rob. Hello, how are you? Welcome back, welcome back. I'm fine, are you okay? I'm doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me back. Of course. Listen, before we get into things, I believe you were just at Brighton Pride seeing the vile, wretched Christina Aguilera. How was it? (laughs) I was. She was actually really good. I've never really been a huge Christina fan. I was always Team Britney when I was, Mm -hmm. however old, I won't go there. Um, Yeah. But... um, uh, she was actually fantastic. She did a, a really good job. She kept the crowd going. The show was great. And she even sort of made it quite related to Pride. She released these big balloons at the end, like massive balloons that said, say gay. Um, oh, perfect. Which was good, because that's all about um, not being able to say yeah. gay or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, no, she was very on trend. She knew her audience. Okay, yeah. good on her, good on her. I'll take away the violin wretched uh, in that case then. <laughs> Listen, when I was thinking about update an update episode if i had thought a year ago that this topic would have an update wouldn't have believed it but look the world works in mysterious ways <laughs> and the world of kate bush works in even more mysterious ways yeah i pretty much was convinced that i wouldn't be back on your show for any updates but uh, <laughs> here i am um here you are. yeah i mean what what a time now you know about the gatekeepers, the, the Kate Bush gatekeepers, a collection of uh, fans who do not like this newfound fame that, that Kate has among a new set of fans. But I'm absolutely not one of them. I think it's fantastic that she is being introduced to a new generation of uh, of fans. And it may just be the one song, although I think there's some evidence to show that she's gaining traction generally with with other songs and albums but uh okay, but i think if it was going to be any song it should be running up that hill so i'm very happy yeah so if we go back if a short few weeks only first of all are you a fan of stranger things in general yes i mean i i really like the first couple of series i did sort of fall out of it a bit to be honest but the uh, the full series is i haven't actually finished it yet but it's it's what i've seen is really really good it's something that kate herself says that she likes and i believe her because it's her kind of thing how did you first i assume you didn't watch the episodes as soon as they came out on netflix so like where did you hear that this the, the song was included at all well i i follow a few kate bush facebook pages i think there were a couple of posts put up saying oh she's going to be in in the new series of stranger things i think before yeah. it aired that it was known that the song was going to play some part i think actually okay. the time i i learned about it was because uh, winona Ryder uh, had a kate bush badge at a press conference and people sort of thought hmm, that's interesting i wonder where yeah. you know and she, apparently she's been a fan all her life but 
little did we know what an impact the series was going to have on Kate. It's kind of gone full circle. Yeah, so like, I think there was one episode, I think one or two, episode one or two, it establishes that this character, Max, is listening to the song. And she's walking yep. through a school or something. And I was like, okay, so that's that's the feature of the song. Cool, it got a nice feature. And then, minor-ish <laughs> spoilers for people who haven't seen it, but then in episode four, there's a whole thing, and it's like this huge uh, part of it, and then it reappears later. So it's it's a very, it's a very like, um, fundamental to what's happening. So what would yeah. you put the explosion of interest down to? Is it just the fact that these people are hearing the song at all? Or do you think it's very much intertwined with the storyline and the characters and the moment that it was featured in the show? I think Running Up That Hill became a character in the show. It, it, yeah. had, it took on a life of its own within the show. And it's something that people could then go away and bring to life themselves on Spotify or wherever. So I think sort of by virtue of how it was used, it was a moment. Yeah. Also, yes, I think people who haven't heard the song before, with all the drama that's embedded within it wanted to hear it again and again yeah. and again and again and again um and you know it's been it's been number one on on uk spotify for the last eight weeks is it still number one as we speak still number one as we speak um that's so, crazy the amount of things that have come out but just to give you some of the statistics while i'm on it oh hot stats um, please. can i give you some hot stats and i i have to say thank you to the well to katebushnews.com which has done an amazing job of keeping on top of all of the chart positions. It's, it's I think, an, an unexpected role for them. <laughs> New skills. New sk- exactly. Um, it's been top 10 in the UK for 10 weeks. Uh, three weeks at number one in June in the UK. Her second. Um, wow. Her second ever? Her second ever, yep. Just Wuthering Heights wow. and okay. running up that hill had, had uh, reached number three pr- previously. The BPI have certified it double platinum in the UK. In the USA, it's at her highest ever position for a single, uh, which is number three. On the Hot 100. Yeah, number three on the Hot 100 Ooh. for the second Ooh. week. And it is absolutely dominating US radio play as well. It's one of the biggest hits of the summer in the US. I thought it was waning. It's clearly not no. at all. The opposite. In fact, as the Stranger Things effect is subsiding, the radio yeah. play effect is increasing. And something close to your heart as well, It's uh, it's got nearly 2 million videos on TikTok featuring it. <laughs> has it yeah Whoa. have you have you Whoa. done it running out that hill tiktok no yeah. i haven't, uh. I, haven't. I must i must but also talking of chart stats it's i was looking up the irish charts and so it, yeah. it only just fell off number one this week in ireland so it had been number one throughout and i think beyonce has just overtaken it so the irish fans the irish public have been going mad for it as well it's just it's just crazy so Kate has been commenting as it's gone through its journey. Yeah, little messages on the website. Correct. I think she was proudest of the UK number one, but certainly Irish number one was very close to her heart. And she specifically mentioned that her mother was Irish. And oh. um, for that reason, it, it, it was a particularly big accolade to be number one in Ireland. Was there a big you know, campaign to get it to number one when it started to pick up traction among the fans. And it ended up not being necessary, but was it a big, like, stop to the top? You know, that whole thing about can't stop to number one. Was it like a yes. mobilized situation? It was a little bit. Like, there were definitely posts on the Facebook group saying, stream it yeah. as much as you can. Uh, yeah. You know, we, she, she might just do it. And I think I did a bit, to be honest, because why not? Um, yeah. And uh, I think that's the week it got to number 
uh, number three. I can't remember now. Before it got to number one. But I suddenly, like you say, I suddenly realized that actually... I was a very small pawn in this game. Um, there yeah. were, you know, millions of streams. So it was never going to be a case of, you know, scraping it or if we all band together, it just became much, much bigger than that and like an inevitability, which is amazing. Well, the only reason it didn't originally reach number one um, a few weeks ago when it first got traction was because of this chart rule that says if you decreased, if a song's decreased in sales for three weeks on the chart, then uh-huh. streaming is halved. Oh, okay. And that was put in place to try to stop Adele and Ed Sheeran from completely dominating the charts. Um, right. You know, the, the top 15. But the official charts decided that Kate was an exception and uh, they removed the rule for a week and that's why she got to number one. Well, I'm all for stopping Ed Sheeran, but yeah. <laughs> um, it does seem a bit slapdash, the whole, well, actually, no, we're going to change it for this. Like, obviously, I'm happy that it benefited her in this case, but the charts are a bit of a mess, aren't they, in that sense? They really are. I mean, it, it that rule does not work for a legacy act when, you know, it's been almost 40 years since it was last in the charts. And um, We talked about her messages on her website, and I am aware of at least one radio interview. Tell me if there were any more, mm. but she appeared on Women's Woman's Hour? She did. Right? Women's Hour, yeah. Is that, just, is that the only thing she's once. done in terms of actual interviews where you can hear her voice? It is. And she said okay. that she was absolutely terrified. <laughs> uh, oh. She wrote on her website later on that day. She said, I was really scared and I haven't been yeah. able to listen to it back yet. Uh, okay. but, but thank you very much, everyone, for your lovely messages, which she always says. Oh, okay. Were you hoping for like, I listened to it because I was just fascinated. She's such a fascinating individual and artist and person. And so I just wanted to hear what she would say, what she would sound like. Mm. Um, Were you waiting for like questions about new material, that kind of thing? And they never came? Yeah, all the way through. I was waiting for that. But I sort of knew that it should know. Well, she probably told them not to ask her about anything to do with new material. But yeah, I mean, look, it wasn't that's not what the interview was about. It would have been lovely to have finished off with a question about what's next for Kate Bush. But actually, I think um, in a very Kate Bush way, her focus is not on herself or even her own song. Her focus is on the show and saying how amazing the show is and how great she thinks the Duffer brothers are. And, you know, that's just how she rolls. She doesn't really like to focus on uh, picking herself up. Yeah, she did seem very, you know, humble and, Mm. um, you know, gracious and normal. And I feel like that's almost like an insult to say, like, I don't know what I expected, but she just sounded like the most normal woman in the world, which in turn made her more interesting because how can she sound that normal and yet be such a phenomenal success of an artist and a visionary uh, creative person all that stuff you know absolutely well exactly (laughs) but there are really two versions of kate bush there's kate bush Mm. the woman at home and then there's kate bush the superstar and kate bush the superstar has been over the years sort of getting a smaller and smaller part of her life but uh-huh. now it's had this unexpected renaissance. And uh, I think she's enjoying it, but I suspect she also will be quite happy when it goes away. Uh, but okay. she will be left with the bank balance at the end of it. So uh, it's not all bad. But you know what? As nice as that is, it's not really about that for her now, I, I imagine. it's. Uh, I mean, she said in that interview that she did, she liked the fact that young people knew who she was. She loves getting her work out there. She loves people hearing it. And the fact that it's been heard by a new audience is 
something that she really is is proud of i think yeah of course absolutely and you know from having done our episode previously and for me having the you know limited but increased knowledge of her and her work that i had i was really invested in it i was just really pleased mm. for her and i was really pleased for you and i was just pleased for all the kate bush fans out there so uh, it's just it's just such a lovely <laughs> thing to have happen so congratulations <laughs> thank you and the one thing we found out about her that we probably could have guessed is that she yeah. doesn't have a phone with internet on it. She, uh, oh yes, <laughs> do you hear yeah, that part yeah, of the yeah. interview? She uh, has a brick. So she says, when I go out uh, and I go away from my computer, no one can contact me online, and uh, everyone yeah. knows that I won't respond to their emails. I wish my life was like that. Best way to be, I think, increasingly. <laughs> Rob, do you have a song to add to the playlist? Yes, I wasn't going to do a Kate Bush song, actually, because I've already put Running Up That Hill on the playlist last time. I was way ahead of my time. But um, yeah. I, I saw Lady Gaga a couple of weeks ago, um, oh, yeah. and we do have a Lady Gaga song on the playlist um, yep. already, but one that we don't have is Born This Way, which I oh, think yeah. is probably the biggest gay anthem of the 21st century so i think we should yeah. uh, we should add it and it really went yeah. off in the stadium actually oh great well I'm, I'm very pleased to pop that on the playlist um and thank you so much for chatting to me and i hope we get an opportunity for another update at some point you never know she Maybe the uh, momentum kate, is there well uh, you know kate <laughs> might be inspired to put something out there's a lot of pressure now though uh, on her True. if she does put True. something out but uh you know fingers crossed yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Rob. Thanks, Kevin. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. And there we go. That was a nice little catch up with everybody on their various topics. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, you might have noticed that I forgot to ask uh, Peter for his song to add to the playlist. Um, I also wanted to get one from Sarah. So I got in touch with them and Sarah suggested the song Does Your Mother Know from ABBA because it was her favourite song to perform in ABBA Voyage. So I'll pop that on the playlist. And I heard from Peter. He sent me a voice message. So here is his message with his selection. Well, Kevin, thank you very much for asking. Um, I would like to nominate another unlikely reunion. Uh, it's uh, almost as good as the ABBA one. Um, it's Tight Fit from the 80s, from The Lion, Sle the Lion Sleeps Tonight. Um, and uh, they're back with new material, which is very exciting for a few dozen people. Uh, and um, their new single is literally inspired by Steps. What a world. Um, so uh, I would like to nominate Holding On To You, uh, which is a, you know, it's a happy, sad banger of the happy, sad banger mould by Type Fit off of the 80s. Thanks for having me again and uh, see you soon. And I hope you all enjoy the song. Thank you very much, Peter. I have to say, I have never heard of Type Fit before in my life. So this is my introduction to them as far as I know. Um, but I just listened to the song and very much enjoyed it. Very much along the lines of The Steps' sad bangers, as you say. So thank you very much for that. Um, we'll be back with new episodes, like a proper new season, in quotation marks, uh, soon. But of course, it wouldn't be things gay people like without an appearance from the one and only my mam. I'll hand you over to her. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you next time. Greetings from Dublin in a heat wave. I tell you, lads, it's a freaking heat wave. 
30 degrees today probably and us with no aircon well we're only roasted but we're not giving out too much because we don't get very much of it so it's lovely to see the sunshine kev was telling me that he is doing a kind of a catch-up or um podcast and all the bits that have happened this year and he mentioned a few of them to me uh, the first one i think was uh, this year's eurovision and again i haven't a lot to say about it except that you know poor ukraine they were very good and, and they deservedly so won it but they were always going to win it lads now the trick will be where is my kev going to get tickets for the next one because it'll probably be in London or Belfast and the hunt will be on and it'll be the devil of a job to get tickets. Right, that's Eurovision. Uh, the next uh, subject, oh, Kate Bush. Yeah, Kate Bush. Um, I kind of know that song that, uh, that Kevin mentioned, but the one I re- most remember her for is, is running up that hill with her hair flying out the back singing um kathy yeah i think i'm right now could be wrong and the final episode of neighbors nah i didn't i i didn't watch it i did love it when it was on in in the what early 70s but no i i would be too sad to to watch that oh yes kev was telling me um the sugar babes opened a support for westlife lads I love Westlife. They do such a great concert. I'm sorry, I've never seen the Sugar Babes, but I do love Westlife. Westlife. And just the last point that I personally would like to make is that we lost, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful people, um, Olivia Newton-John, this week. And I am absolutely devastated about that. I I loved Greece, and to this day, I could watch Greece every day of the week. I just loved her, loved her in it. Everything about her was beautiful. So we're mourning her, and um, my husband Kev loved the Seekers, and he was at the Seekers' last concert in London, and their singer's name was what was their singer's name, Kev? Kev. Yeah, what's it? Judith Durham. That was it, Judith Durham. And she sadly died this week as well. And she was such a good singer. She was amazing, absolutely amazing. So we're kind of in in musical mourning in, in, in our house this week. So until we meet again, I hope you have a good rest of the summer. And thanks for listening. Bye. Things gave people like.